Welcome back to another episode of Silky Science with me, Aaron Sigerman, and the main man right here, the silky one himself, Eric Hart. <laughs> the silky one. <laughs> Just going to keep morphing. So silky. Um, it's like a shampoo commercial. You know, we didn't even talk about this before, uh, any news. So we, we are trying to start the show with the news, but I don't know. What, is there something going on in the supplement dietary industry news other than news about us? Not, not really. big this week. No, nothing that's like current right now. I mean, obviously there's some regulatory changes with like the SARMs and things like that, but I mean, that doesn't affect us. So yeah, not in the, not, but that's not even that's not really like from this week though. Huh? There's no, no, that's week. been like going on for a couple months now. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can mention that in in some regard. I mean, since you mentioned the SARMs, the uh, the the big change in the world of SARMs is that uh, they are in the process of passing a bill through the House and then the, the Senate, and then will be signed by the president to make SARMs a uh, performance-enhancing drug, like classified drug, like a class um, three steroid. Schedule three, yeah. Schedule three, ster- like a steroid. Yep. Um, and that's actually exactly what happened. I'm familiar with this process because that's exactly what happened with the uh, Designer Control, uh, Designer Steroid Control Act of 2014. 14, DASCA, yep. Yeah, uh, DASCA. So people don't realize this, but a bill can be proposed uh, to, the, to the House um, by any of those guys, and they can then what they'll do is they'll vote, and it needs to be I believe it needs to be a super majority. I think that I'm not sure. I think I don't want to quote. Don't quote me on that because I'm I'm not a I don't remember every detail of it. But basically, so they will pass it, and then it'll get voted in the Senate, and then it will be put on the president's desk to sign, and um, and then it has to be done within the calendar year. So as we approach December and when it's close to you know ending the year. If it doesn't pass this year, it has to start all the way over, which I found always found that very interesting. It begins all over again. And um, the interesting thing for, for SARMs is kind of like, is it important enough that it'll get all the way through? Because nobody is going to fight against it. So that's the thing. No, that's the thing. I don't know. There's no lobbyists no, for us. I'm going to fight again. I don't say us. Like yeah. I'm saying in the supplement world, because technically they are, I mean, they were started by pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. So. Yeah, so th- th- it is, you know, it brings an interesting point is that um, Eric said something like that. I guess that was the point of my thing is that in this case, right, nobody's going to fight for it. And, and quite often, see, like in this case, I don't like, I, I don't, I guess I kind of am hoping that they, I guess we're going, hoping that they are going to get it. It's fun. It's such a funny thing because it's like part of me thinks that everybody should have the option to do with that or whatever they want if you're an adult. But then on the other hand, I think like competitive advantage wise, right, like we don't really want them to have. Storms out there necessarily, it's not good for us. No, I mean, that's a double edged sword, right? Anytime something gets moved from where it could be sold as a supplement to a scheduled drug, it's a black eye for the industry. But at the same time, it never should have been in the supplement world, right? You know, so it's a weird, it's a very weird thing because, like, on one, on one regard, like, it's a black eye for us. On another regard, another, another aspect of it is that, um, you know, it, it, I, I am a libertarian. Like I don't talk politics a lot, but I believe that an adult should have the ability to make a decision what they want to put in their body, even to the extremes. So for that, you know, I'm, I'm good with it. On the flip side, being in the dietary supplement industry, you don't want to compete with illegal drugs, right? You don't want to compete no. with stuff out there that it, that because we won't use it, so we won't make it. So like if there's a, a dietary ingredient that's that's not really legal, I really don't want anybody to use it because we're not going to use it. Yeah, and then also too in the realm of supplements. It's a pharmaceutical. So right. I mean, it's not well, this is not even. There's no real argument. You know? Yeah. So, um, but so the the point that I wanted to come to with this was that uh, unfortunately for sports supplements, there really is nobody. Even if it was something that 
that uh, we nobody wanted it to become illegal that we thought was, you know, safe and good to go. There's really nobody to really lobby for it, you know. Not anymore, right? Not really. I mean, there are lobbying groups for dietary supplements, but not for really sports supplements. You know, like protein, there's certainly, and but there's not like you're, there's nobody out there protecting ingredients for pre workouts. No, it's more for your stuff that's sold at uh, FDM. Yeah. And your hundred percent, and health products, yep. some health products, um, because the people that are uh, in the actual—it's funny because this is you know, like before um, senators and, and everybody were really against like HRT. Like there's a whole like thing about that, and now as these people have gotten older, the, the lawmakers have gotten older, they're all on HRT. They probably own clinics. Yeah, now, so too. now they're good. Now they're good with it. It's all totally okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, the sports supplement world—they're they're just not. Nobody is. None of those old guys are taking pre-workouts. You know, so. And again, a lot of times it boils down to they have no vested interest financially in it, yep. so they don't really care. Yep. Nobody's putting any money in their pockets. I always talk about. Uh, the potential of doing that one day, like, you know, as Redcon 1 continues to get bigger, like, I don't mind. I would definitely consider putting money into the pot with if there was a bunch of other supplement companies that had the same interests, you know, as us, because um, there are a bunch of them. And I think if we put, you know, if each one of us put $100,000 a year into the pot, you know, some of these lobbying um, firms, some of political action committees and stuff like that, they don't, it's not that much money. If you had a hundred supplement companies putting on a hundred grand, you would have a pretty powerful force. Oh yeah. And you'd have, then you'd have people who would care. You'd have people yeah. that would care. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what the show's about. We were looking for news Speaking and we came with something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're talking today about glucose dispersal agents, uh, GDA. And this is a new, newer type of uh, supplement, a newer category in the sports supplement uh, assortment. Wouldn't you say? I mean, we have some older ones that have been out for a little while, but this has gotten gained popularity recently. Yeah, like the proliferation of GDAs has been in the last three years at most, I'd say, because, you know, I worked at BSN. One of the first products was Cheater's Relief, which was, it was really a GDA. It just was never marketed as a GDA. It was marketed for, you know, minimized collateral damage from a cheat meal because it helped block some of the enzymes that, um, turn carbs into fats or, you know, help lower blood sugar levels. You know, Jared from high tech, um, what was it? Glucerin? Glucosine from 2003. I just made sure. Glucosine RX. Glucosine RX. Yeah. He said that that was the first real GDA, uh, as far as he knows anyway, in the world. Yeah. Cause, um, cause that was specifically designed, um, around, uh, insulin and blood sugar. Yeah, and if that formula hasn't changed, I mean, it was probably one of the first products that had Genemna. Yeah. You know, and at that for, you know, helping with a lowering blood sugar level. So if you look at the formula, yeah, it's one of the, if, if that formula has remained unchanged, it's, yeah, I would say it's it's a pioneer for that. And Cheater's Relief, I took this at one point in time. I remember buying it and uh, taking it. I remember, like, the, the main, like, things that they called out was the not allowing the body to digest the, the fat, right? Was that the main element that they called out? It was supposed to block the enzymes that would convert. I mean, you know, that's a lot of marketing fluff. So, you know, essentially not allow you yet to, to break down and digest the fats and carbs. So they'd have to pass through, which I don't really think that we're, I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to say, minimize my talk track on yeah, that one. But, yeah. you know, honestly, it's, it was like white kidney to be bean extract, chromium. I mean, for anything, it just helped. But in reality, it really was trying to not allow your blood sugar spike dramatically. That's right? more than anything yeah. what it is, right? Because yeah. 
They did have a they did have a pharmaceutical drug. Remember the one that made you not digest the fat and you would like shit yourself? Olestra? Was that what it was called? Oh wait, no. Olestra was the the fat itself. Remember, you know what I'm talking about though? It was like it was everywhere and then they, they kinda like it phased it out. I don't even know if they have it anymore. Yeah, what the It was hell an was over the counter. It wasn't like a prescription, it was like an over the counter drug. That was um Ally. Ally, I think that was it, yeah. You literally you shit it. yourself. Yeah, so it was originally, right? It was originally a prescription drug, and they determined that it was safe enough to become a oh, over-the-counter yeah, yeah. over drug. And then um, people took it, and they would literally, because you wouldn't be able to, the, the fat wasn't being, literally wasn't being digested, and it would just leak on out of you, basically, right? It's like not having a gallbladder. Yeah, like having a gallbladder, <laughs> yeah. It yeah, just going to leak, leak through. Yeah, you literally, it, it. that's what some people have, was the anal seepage. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it literally, because, I mean, fat... Once it gets in your digestive system, I mean, it's oil. Yeah. So, yeah, and your body, if it can't break it down and reabsorb it, it's coming out. Wow. So It's crazy. Yeah. It, um, obviously, that wasn't what Cheaters Relief did, though, right? No, no. I was, but it was. No seepage? No. If anything, you shit bricks with that. I mean, yeah. if something, whatever it had in it. I mean, I can't remember the original formula, but, yeah, it just made you have to pass a, a clay brick. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, I think more than anything, it was probably peace of mind for people. They thought they were doing something better. And then, and then in like I don't know, like you said, 2011, 2012, that that around. I'm not, I'm not even 2013. Remember, um, Joe Binley's company came out with one. I can't remember the so, name of. Uh, I feel like that was the first one that came out right before John Meadows' one that we did. Talking about Project AD. Yeah, what was his? Remember um, he had one. That was was that Grades? Matador or something like that? Matador or Grades? Which one? I don't remember, honestly. But, but I think that was the first one I, I recognized yeah. as like a real GDA. Yeah, well, that was the point of it, yeah. to harness the power of insulin. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I think that's, with all of them, I mean, that's kind of like sparked the conversation was insulin's talked about all the time, you know, whether it's through diabetes, um, you name it. But, I mean, do people really, bodybuilding in general, people understand insulin's function. Yeah. So. Well, what is insulin and, and why do you why does it matter to control it? Yeah. So, I mean, because you know, with insulin, I mean, it's the body's most anabolic hormone. Right. Um, more than testosterone, more than growth hormone. So it's, yep. Yeah. So what I always tell people is you got to look at insulin like a car, right? It picks up the nutrients and takes it where it's got to go in the body. So from like a carbohydrate standpoint, you hope that insulin drives glucose to the liver for glycogen and to the muscle for muscle glycogen storage. Because um, of blood glucose, I mean... The body's all about conservation of energy. It's about survival. So if you have blood blood glucose is high and you have sugar that's sitting there in the blood, your body's going to go, well, if I can't use it now, I'm going to turn it into glycerol, which is the backbone of a triglyceride. It attaches three fatty acids to it, and it can start to make a fat because you're going to get nine calories per gram later instead of four now. So your body would rather hold on More to More efficient it. to make it fat. Yeah, exactly. Your body would much rather have it as fat because it sets it up for survival. So, you know, with insulin, you're always trying to control the output of insulin or also the making sure that the insulin is doing its job. Because obviously people who get diabetes, like adult diabetes, they take in so much processed carbohydrate that their body can't do anything with it that the pancreas is constantly pumping out insulin to the point that the insulin just doesn't really function anymore. Uh, it doesn't do its job. So, you know, with the GDAs, the great thing about them is they're helping function like insulin and your body works on just like testosterone, right? You inject HRT, testosterone, your body's own production lowers. So if you're taking a product that functions like insulin, it's less likely your body's going to secrete insulin. Right. 
<laughs> all the, all the outside noises. Is this one of our sales guys? Oh, Jesus, it's Tom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's the great thing about a GDA is by ingesting something that functions like insulin, your body's less likely to output insulin. So it controls blood sugar levels. Um, it's like when bodybuilding, doing cardio twice a day or two workouts a day, it's lowering insulin levels. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really the purpose of these products. So... And, and and just to go back for a second, because in case people don't understand, bodybuilders have been using insulin for a while. This is a I don't know maybe fifteen years, not that long. I mean, in the well, scheme of things. How old am I now? Forty one. Shit. Yeah. Maybe uh, twenty years. Maybe twenty years. So I got into bodybuilding around nineteen twenty, and I mean I, I'll be open about. I mean I, I've taken steroids on sure. and off over the years, sure. growth hormone, insulin. My first cycle I did, I did insulin with it. Right. Because the brother... first one ever? Yep. Oh, my God. Anadrol, sustenon, and insulin. Oh, my God. I got big and strong as fuck. But um, because the brothers that I trained with, they were were just really tuned into gear. Right. So they're like, oh, no, insulin. You got to take insulin because that way all the food you eat, you're going to take advantage of. So, yeah, that that was my first foray. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did you ever have any bad experiences with it? Yeah, I have a blind spot in my eye from, from it. doing that. I passed out. Yeah, so the, so the, the <laughs> good, thing, good thing about GDAs, right, is there's no risk of um, of anything like this. But insulin, if it's not, we call it covered. If it's not covered by carbohydrates and if it doesn't have any sugar to pull, then it can cause a lot of bad side effects. Yeah, because your blood sugar drops, and then you know, you know, if you don't eat, and your blood sugar drops, how you get dizzy and faint. And yeah, bodybuilders take insulin so that way they can essentially overeat yeah part of it not all but you know for igf reasons um you know and you can overeat but if you don't eat enough which is what happened to me i took my insulin i was sitting there and my shake was in front of me i fell asleep yeah and i woke up and i have a small blind spot i heard this story yeah Yeah. thank god you're okay because there are people that that actually go into a coma and, and can die from taking insulin and uh because it's so powerful it's it's very appealing to uh, not just to bodybuilders, other athletes use uh, endurance oh, yeah. athletes use insulin. Uh, EPO and insulin is really popular for cyclists. You know? Yeah, because that's the thing is you can, you know, you get your glycogen levels as high as possible. And then with the blood doping, you get your blood oxygen levels up. So yeah, I mean it's it's definitely powerful. And when they look at more, and where I lived, you could just readily get it. You could walk into a grocery store. Oh yeah, store. It, was, it was no prescription. Yeah, no. Time. So. Especially uh, when it was Humalog R and N, and now with Log, which is the fastest acting type of insulin, I believe you need a prescription for it. I'm not sure though. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, you could, you have if it's super fast acting. So if you were to take a shot and you're to sit around even for 30 minutes, you're gonna have a serious problem. Yeah, I mean, where I used to do is I would shoot it and literally start drinking my right away, yeah. carbohydrates right away, and you know, for every IU, 10 grams of carbohydrates, and so I almost take like a similar approach with a, a GDA. Yeah. You know, so for like RPG, where we did it, every four capsules roughly covers 40 grams of carbohydrates, somewhere between 40 and 50. Right. So it's a very similar equation for, now obviously it's not, it'll pull your blood sugar down. Yeah. You notice it. If you take RPG and you don't eat any carbs at all, you will 100% get like cold sweats and not feel good. And you may wonder why you're not feeling good if you don't know all the facts we're talking about, but it will literally pull your blood sugar down enough that you feel bad, but not enough that you pass out. Right. So it is doing its job. It's lowering. And you can test it, by the way. This is one good thing about uh, RPG and a lot of the other really uh, effective ones out there in the market is you could 
test your blood sugar before, take the four capsules, that's one dose of RPG, and take it again 30, 40 minutes later, and you will see a significant drop. Oh, yeah. It's working. Because everything in the formula is either lowering blood glucose level, helping the transport of blood glucose, uh, everything to get that glucose into the cell to be utilized as glycogen. Right. So, But again, if it's, it's essentially it's drawing, trying to move move that carbohydrate and there's nothing there you're just yeah your blood sugar just keeps dropping so how would um, somebody use a, a gda i mean uh obviously they would use it in a similar way that you use insulin so how would you recommend a gda be taken um personally like the way i use them is i every rich carbohydrate meal i take it with it you know so that way if, if i'm taking in carbs it's just kind of a, a backup plan to make sure that it's getting into the the muscle for glycogen. Your liver usually fills up really fast. It holds 50 grams of, of glycogen. But I take it every meal. So when you have a massive pill case you see me have, like four of those caps are RPG. Because I usually take between like 40 and 45 grams of carbs per meal. So I take take it every single meal. Um, no, I don't do that. I think you're, you're, you're probably one of the only ones to take it with every meal, huh? Yeah, I just, it's one of those things for me is it's, it's just, mental peace of mind that I'm utilizing the food. Yeah, because obviously, you know, I'm process of trying to lose weight. So I'm, I want to make sure that I'm at every chance trying to pull my blood sugar down. Right. You know, keep my insulin levels low because for, like I always tell people, I'm as honest as could be. I, it's like a, ever since Jackson was born, I was on like a five-year bender of eating like shit and doing whatever. So that means my insulin levels were got oh, on a okay. check. And yeah, so this is a way that as often as possible, I can make sure that my body's not secreting insulin if it doesn't have to. So it keeps my blood sugar in check, keeps my insulin, you know, getting it back on probably in a good place. So that's that's how I mainly would use it. Um, obviously, some people use it for cheat meals. Mm-hmm. Like when they take in, you know, I think Rudy, when he would do his uh, dominoes, you know, probably <laughs> have to take a handful of, <laughs> of a glucose disposal. But, you know, you really can use it if, if you are going to do a really heavy meal real nutrient dense or even if it's you know got a lot of shit in it um you could use it to make sure that you're at least getting the most out of that now it's not going to completely minimize collateral damage from eating a like eat at mcdonald's but it is making sure that it's keeping your getting those the glucose into the cell so your blood sugar doesn't get too out of hand while you're doing it but you'd have to take a lot more right and obviously the, the ways that i usually recommend it to people are like you would take uh Insulin, exogenous insulin, you would take it uh, pre-workout. Uh, if you're having carbs with your pre-workout, you take it with total war or take it post-workout like you would. That's the traditional way that people would take insulin. Uh, bodybuilders take insulin post-workout with a carb meal and protein. Um, let's talk about the ingredients for a minute because um, ingredients, what are the big ingredients for GDAs that actually work? Like what in the, this product in RPG is actually making this uh, function so well? The gymnema. Uh Sylvestra, that's your big. That's probably one of your biggest one because that actually lowers blood sugar levels, um, and it's one of the ingredients that stimulates your body to release a little bit of insulin from the GDA. So, um, so I know we're talking about minimizing, but it's it does stimulate your pancreas to release a little bit of insulin. Mm. So that one will probably help, help really pull your blood sugar down the most. The bitter melon, um, bitter melon is one of those things they give to, that diabetics take normally right. on its own. Right. Because um, what that does is it actually kind of scavenges and it reduces uh, your blood glucose concentration. So for them, for a diabetic, that's really helpful. 
um, berberine, um, the R alpha lipoic acid. So that's really the functioning version of alpha lipoic acid. I've seen um, a bunch of different stable version or the sodium yeah. is a stable version. So we've seen a bunch of different versions used, and, and it's very important to note that the, that is the right version that you want. The sodium version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and usually what happens is because in the manufacturing, prior to it being blended, it has to be refrigerated. A lot of people don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So, and then those, those are your main ones. I mean, because, you know, like banaba, um, I mean, all of them function, whether it's chromium, banaba, cinnamon, they all work. I mean, those are kind of table stakes in, like, any type of GDA, but then using, like, the berberine or the... The, the berberine is the, uh, I believe, that's the most expensive ingredient, right, in a, in a GDA. That and the... Uh, our alpha lipoic so that, sodium. So the, the reason why I bring that up is obviously when you look at these type of products, you know, a lot of times people will leave out um, the costly ones, right? Because it can bring down your cost. Obviously, that makes more profit. Unfortunately, that also makes a less uh, optimal product. Yeah, I mean, because then it's like, why even take it? Right. You know, it's like with any supplement. If it doesn't have a, you know, a clinical dosing, it's like, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, because it's... You're kind of tricking yourself because right. it's not doing its job. Right, exactly. So, yeah, but that's, you know, all of them function similar in whether it's lowering blood sugar or helping shuttle it out of the, the bloodstream as quick as possible. So um, they have similar functions, just different mechanisms. Let's right. Say. What else should we talk about if we're talking about RPG or glucose disposal agents? Well, this is a conversation I get into every once in a while, and there's you know, one of the people we know in the industry, we've had this conversation with him a few times, is can you use, well, the conversation started with exogenous insulin, mm, but yeah. then it switched to can you use a GDA product to get yourself into uh, ketogenic. Yeah, ketosis. Yeah. yeah, get into ketosis quicker. Um, the whole, the premise was in and around workout. Mm. Could you then, if you were someone who was in ketosis, could you utilize carbohydrates to fuel the workout, but then use insulin or a GDA to drop your blood sugar quick enough post-workout to get right back into ketosis? I think people have been experimenting with this, right? Yeah, so you, more and more people have been experimenting. I don't think there's been any research done on it to prove it. Mm. It's more anecdotal. Yeah. I mean, but you could always test it, obviously, with your litmus strips and P-test. The one, yeah. thing, that, um, the one thing that I liked about doing a uh, ketogenic diet that this would, I guarantee you would mess with is the, uh, like, you know, I don't get really super hungry on a ketogenic diet, but if you were throwing in a hundred grams of carbs or 70 grams of carbs into workout, I bet you would mess with that. But you get super hungry. I bet you get hunger. I I don't know. I'm just saying that, but I can imagine me personally. The one good thing about a ketogenic diet for me, the thing I noticed the most was that I didn't have the cravings that I normally have for sweets. Oh yeah. Cause once you're burning fat, I mean, that's the thing is if you get through that first couple days, the headaches and the, you know, the cravings then subside because your insulin becomes in check. Because that's the thing. If your body's constantly pumping out insulin, I mean, it's a couple of mechanisms, but it's also that's one of the reasons why you feel hungry too because yeah. your body's just, it's got insulin constantly in there right. right. pumping out. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it'd be interesting to I, to play around with it because I, I haven't done it ever since I have a gallbladder. I haven't done a ketogenic diet, but yeah. it'd be interesting to to do it and see if you could inject that amount of carbohydrate to get the benefit of it from during training, but then get right back into ketosis. Is it a short enough time period? Could you do it? Yeah. So it's kind of the, you know, he plays around with it. Um, 
you know, you just have to test it with, you know, peeing on the strips. Yeah. But there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, w- I would, I'm like you, I'd be a little bit worried about would you stimulate your hunger where you're like, super hungry. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, the ketogenic diet, I mean, once you, once you're burning fat, you typically, you got so much energy, you don't really have a hunger. Yeah. So, and the foods are more nutrient dense, I think. So sure. it just kind of offsets it. Sure. You know, I'd try that again one day. Come on, that's our new experiment yeah. without the insulin or whatever the the RPG though. All right, well guys, uh, that was the episode of Silky Science. We're going to be back uh, next week. Matter of fact, we're actually going to record another one right now. A little secret behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, because we're traveling so we're much. We're traveling, and we have to go next week to the Vitamin Shop PEC, which I'm pretty, actually pretty excited about in Dallas, Texas. That's be awesome. And we're going to meet with. Um, all the managers from all the stores, and um, it's an opportunity to get in front of all those people and talk to them about the brand and the ingredients and the products all at one time. And me and Eric actually have to do uh, how many presentations in a row? Five. Five. Five 25-minute presentations. Yeah, in one. In one sitting. <laughs> I, I'm actually not, uh, you know, we originally thought it was going to be eight. Eight were really, eight was like kind of mind-boggling. You get fatigued. Yeah. yeah, but I bet five will do good. I think we'll like the first one will be pretty good. Second one will be better and then it'll be easy and we'll be killing it after that. Because we'll get in the rhythm of what it is. But the cool thing about it is it's PC product education. So yeah. it's multiple days of actually getting to talk about the products, the brand, the yeah. ingredients. Oh yeah, so. you're going to have plenty of opportunity to talk to Rudy. thing I was um, most excited about just recently was we got the email of who else is doing the presentations and they're all like vitamin companies. Yeah. You know, they're non-sports. Like non-sports, which I would imagine um, would be not as exciting for these guys. It'd be a little less. I mean, I don't Yeah, I don't know how even excited I get about a fish oil, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> me either. Me either. So we'll see what happens, but I can't wait for that. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in once again. If you have any suggestions or topics, we'd love to have them. Uh, as we continue to go through these, we need more topics. So we, we actually need you to email silky at redcon1.com. That's it, right? Silky at redcon1.com. Yeah, that's we made it real short. Yep. And uh, you can hit up Eric with the topic, and uh, we would love to have it. So uh, let us know. Thank you guys for tuning in. Till next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>